Yum, 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 yum. Ew. I don't get it. Hello, everybody. Hello, and welcome to I Don't Get It. This is a, a podcast about contemporary dance in Edmonton. I'm Paul. I'm Fonda. And we talk about contemporary dance in Edmonton. Yes, we do. <laughs> uh, how are you? I'm pretty good, Paul. Um, we had, uh, well, we saw we saw some dance this weekend. Yes, we did. Um, yeah, but a couple weeks back, I went to the Banff Center. Yeah, you saw some dance that yeah. did not come here um, by BC Ballet. Yeah, Ballet BC, it was oh, celebrating. No, oh, you know, it's all good. Okay, it's all, all right. good. <laughs> There's really only one that it could be, <laughs> that it could be confused for. So okay. anyway, um, Ballet BC is celebrating their 30th anniversary. So they had, um, Ballet BC is a creation-based company. Okay. So they bring in new choreographers um, to work with a company of, I think it's about a dozen or so dancers. So they will not be doing the Nutcracker this season. They do not do the Nutcracker, okay. no. In fact, they actually bring in Alberta Ballet to do the Nutcracker Interesting. There. Yeah. Any case, so um, the artistic director of Ballet BC also happens to be the artistic director of dance at the BAM Center, Emily Molnar. Okay, great. So she brought the Ballet BC 30th anniversary show, which featured three pieces um, that were all incredible in their own ways. Uh, it was it was a great show. I probably would have walked to Banff again to see it. <laughs> That's, uh, it is winter time. That's a hard yeah, thing to say. Yeah. Um, so what what made them great? What uh, what were some of the standouts? What were some of the things? So the first piece um, was called 28,000 Waves, uh, choreography by Keitano Soto. Um, I've never seen uh, this choreographer's work before, and it was it was really stunning, actually. The lifts were real, very innovative, uh, showed a lot of the virtuosity of the company, um, really uh, athletic dancers, um, but also uh, just very technically precise. Okay. And um, yeah, so the 28,000 Waves piece is sort of based on the idea that um, an oil tanker, any typical oil tanker that's in the ocean will get hit by waves an average of 28,000 times in the day. That's a lot of waves. Yeah, so the movement was inspired by that and it was all this sort of just like relentless um, waves and flocking and it was it was pretty fantastic. Cool. Can um, we jump back for a second? How, yeah. how does one innovate a lift? Um, <laughs> if, if in my mind the lift is sort of arms, person in arms up. Yeah, I think that... Um, I look for, well, if I think an, a lift is innovative, it usually means that the, the lift turned into something that I didn't expect. Okay. Um, so, you know, a conventional uh, ballet lift would be, you know, a man lifting a woman by her waist or shoulders um, and moving her across the stage in a uh, usually... Um, um, usually a static position. Right, right. She holds a, a pose. Or yeah. Her, yeah. So, so in, in these lifts, they were they were you know like leaping and spinning around each other, and just they was it, they were yeah it was like watching you know water and fish dance with it. <laughs> I see. Yeah. I see uh -huh. what it was going. So for. yeah, and it was um you know you left a little bit breathless by the end um because the the movement still continues going even as the curtain falls, which I it was I thought was a lovely. The image. dance goes on forever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so that this, was one. That was the first one. Um, so the second piece, and that was for the whole company. The second piece was also, I believe, for the whole company. Um, it was called. It's called Awe, and it was a world premiere piece um, that Ballet BC did actually um, this November. So it was the it, essentially the the first showing. Okay, um, great. 
And and how would you describe the movement? What did what did you see in terms of uh, what happened on stage? So this one, um, this one was uh, a lot more um, emotional and passionate. There was a, you could tell that it was a lot about relationships. Um, there was relationships between couples and groups and uh, dancing. Um, there were the groups were dancing in tandem with each other, but it also seemed really chaotic. Okay. Um, the major physicality as well, and I thought that the um, the actual kind of contact work that they were doing with each other was, um, yeah, it was, it was very meaningful and very, uh, you know, I felt, I felt really, I felt that there was a lot of beauty between, um, the relationships that were developed between the dancers in this one. Yeah. And this was, um, choreographed by, um, a new career, a Belgian choreographer. And I think that his name is pronounced Dane Kellis. Um, if it's not pronounced like that, I will throw it up call, on the thing. Call us up, Stain. <laughs> Just let us know, man. Yeah, yeah, let us know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so the final piece uh, is called Solo Echo Echo by um, Crystal Pite, who is BC's superstar of Wonder dance kid. and choreography. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this piece was actually originally um, choreographed for Nederland's Dance Theater in 2012. Um, and so, yes, this was the Canadian premiere of it uh, that happened here. It was for seven dancers um, inspired by a poem about the seven stages of life. Okay. Um, and it's basically about one character reflecting on his life as uh, in, in, the di- in, in the different stages. And so the seven stages are represented by seven dancers and uh, danced by both men and women. Okay. Um, and, yeah, it was a, it was a really, really... Um, Beautiful, very emotional piece. <laughs> I felt like really, really sad by the end because the character essentially um, dies at the very end. It's it's Wait, that's what happens at the end of life. <laughs> uh, oh boy! I guess that's what would be the end of life. But some, um, you know, it's just stunning imagery using um, using snow on the stage and lighting. And uh, yeah, I would. I would walk 500 miles to see anything that Crystal Pite does. Let's just leave it sure. at that. Yeah. <laughs> did uh, did, the, did this character feel feel satisfied with their life at the end? Would you say? I think that the reflections. Yeah, the ending was a very soft, gentle going into that good night. Right. I think that it was. Uh, yeah, it was. It was quite um, a beautiful reflection of a whole life. And I think that um, each of the dancers kind of represented, you know, different aspects, um, you know, like playful um, and and loving. And then there were some that were a little bit more kind of like deliberate and wise. And uh, yeah, each dancer kind of had this sort of like also... I don't know if it was more like snow, but kind of a liquid quality to them. There were there was a lot of um, transference of energy between the dancers that was kind of I don't even know if it was intentional, but you just watched and like that, you know, the whole piece was over. Wow. It was yeah, it was it was quite stunning. Yeah, and the end, the the ending was just a really beautiful. It was the line of seven, and each of them sort of like falls away slowly. Whoa. Great! Wow. So that was that was uh, that was what you saw. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, um, I didn't really think about uh, the dance programming at the at the BAM Center before, <laughs> and uh, they have a lot of really cool stuff going on. So if you guys want to take a trip to the mountains or anything like that, I will come with you, and we can go watch more dance and BAM. Please drive Fonda. <laughs> Don't let her walk. Yeah, it's too cold for that Not these in days. The winter time. <laughs> um, great. So that was cool. a little while ago. Um, yep. But uh, over the course of this weekend, we saw a convergence by Good Women, uh, are, are one of our anchoring sort of dance, contemporary dance companies in town. One of our 
our local heroes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you, you hosted a talkback on the show. Yeah, on the opening night, the first night, I hosted a talkback with the cast of the show as well as um, their guest choreographer, Melanie Demers. Um, she has her own company, Made a Dance, out in Montreal. And the Good Women worked with her on a new piece uh, called We'll Be Fine. And maybe let's just talk about the, the first half of the show first, sure. though. So before we got to the Good Women, uh, they had a, a dancer from Calgary uh, in doing a piece that yeah. was called A Necessary Fable. And that dancer was uh, Kayla Henry, who choreographed and danced it herself. Mm-hmm. So what did you think about the um, about A Necessary Fable? Well, um, uh, yeah, uh, it, it was uh, sort of it had sort of these two threads to it um, where one was um, she was uh, sort of wrapped in a shawl, like almost like a like a death shawl, maybe mm-hmm. sort of translucent. And um, she had she came out with a candle and lit that candle to very like church music, uh, hymn like music and um and danced and uh, and it, that that sort of thread of it seemed to be about um, uh, faith and and femininity and and uh, sort of uh, losing your faith but finding sort of um, the body and 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 a different sort of thing and coming to terms with that and the other thread um, which was more of a, a comedy thread in a way had um, she would uh, run off stage and put on a wig and sort of a blazer <laughs> and there would be this this uh, rec- this recording of of a, of a fellow talking about. Um, life and 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 power and the the systems we live in and she mm-hmm. was sort of mouthing along as she was doing these gestures, mm-hmm. um, these sort of big uh, gestures that were sort of like and the characters' facial expressions were really broad and trying to yeah, trying to sell you these ideas. Yeah, really reminded me of sort of a bit of a televangelist mm-hmm. mixed with you know the late night the late night. Uh, <laughs> paid like paid advertising, yeah, yeah, and um, it was, uh, uh, that was from Terrence McKenna. Was yeah, the, uh, the words? I, initially I actually thought that it was Tim Leary speaking. Okay, um, but looking up then, yeah, Terrence McKenna was this kind of um, you know uh, sort of a mystic shaman figure in the '90s who right. is really um, really popular, and he likes to preach about the use of psilocybin mushrooms he and loves drugs. Yeah, if there was one thing that yeah. was very clear was he loves drugs. <laughs> drugs yeah but so that but he was speaking about it in a very um spiritual way and her presentation was so comical mm-hmm. um that it just kind of really juxtaposed this sort of very devotional ritualistic bit that happened at the very beginning with the candle and the veiled face and everything mm-hmm. uh, how would you you describe the movement uh, Fondas, particularly in that sort of first strand mm-hmm. i i thought that Kayla Henry has, she has a really unique physical presence, I find. Her movement was very uh, structured gestures, almost, uh, kind of slow and well-paced, but also the, it's kind of a gestural storytelling that she was doing. Mm-hmm. It almost reminded me a little bit of um, uh, East Indian Bharatanatyam dance, where the each gesture ha- is, is fused with uh, a meaning and a purpose, mm-hmm. um, and it's supposed to tell you a story. So yeah, and and those are also sacred dances. Right. So I thought I, that's that was the connection that I made. I quite enjoyed her her movement quality. Actually, it was very it was very interesting to watch because mm-hmm. they were trying to unpack every sort of like, you know, like tip of the wrist and all that kind of. Sure. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And there would be these moments when when the lights would come up on that thread of the story, and she would just be sprawled on the stage, and then just a part of her body would start to move, and then it would sort of grow from there. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like, yeah, it would really start with these these small things or a, a gesture with her back turned and her arms sort of half extended um, going back and forth. 
Yeah. One thing I thought was really interesting was in the, at the end um, of the the Taki one, um, <laughs> as uh, she'd been mouthing along the whole time, and then sort of for the last couple lines, as he sort of reaches his point about the world and what we need to do, she stops mouthing along, mm-hmm. like the the character uh, fades away from the dialogue, and we suddenly suddenly there's this disconnect rather than this sort of like um, slightly over the top in a in a in a good way. Um, uh, synchronicity, I guess. Suddenly, mm-hmm. there's a disconnect. Yeah, it's all all of a sudden this character turned from you know this kind of know it all. N- yeah, know it all kind of almost like a preacher um, into just sort of a woman in an odd suit that didn't seem sure about a doubter. Yeah, a doubter. didn't yeah. seem sure about what was actually going on. Their faith um, was shaken. And I did. I I really in uh, thought that the use of the veil over the face. Um, there's so w- there's two characters essentially, yeah, right? Two characters. And the second character uh, or the um, the more feminine character, sure. mm-hmm. um, and the more devotional character, I guess you'd say, is um, she wears the veil over her face for most of the time that that character is present. And I just found that whenever a dancer's face gets covered, you I feel like you just automatically observe the movement in a different way. Right. Like because you, you're not looking for the face for right. cues. We look for eyes and we try and like connect with people through that. But when that's stripped away in some way, uh, we, we don't have that to fall back on. Yeah, yeah. So I think that, and it wasn't, it wasn't like a, um, it was a bit translucent. It wasn't mm-hmm. like a full, a full covering. But I thought that that was really an effective way of focusing on because this character the was so much more rooted in the body and it was about you know like there was a lot of crotch grabbing in both of the dances we'll just put mm-hmm. that out there too <laughs> yeah. oh yeah um, but yeah it was it was about sensuality and expression but also the repression of that yeah. and yeah so I, th- I felt that yeah the the actual veil was was a really neat way to kind of like get you to really focus more on the sensuality of the body itself right and actually yeah um between both uh, both uh, pieces, that and, and the Good Women's piece, there was sort of this sense of questioning the world at large and sort of the structures we we adhere to and find ourselves in, and and taking a, a good hard look at those and why. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So why don't we why don't we move into the Good Women's piece then? Yeah. We'll be fine. Yeah. Well, you're you're good at telling about the setup and how things how things looked. Oh so, boy. <laughs> so, um, so how did how did this piece? Um, what was the setup on stage? Right. Well, you piece? you come back in from intermission and. <laughs> Um, it's sort of been a lot of the theatricality of the room has been stripped away in the sense of um, the dancers are already on stage sort of sitting uh, in these chairs slumped looking almost like um, uh, like just somewhere between disaffected and like stunned um, the the back curtains of the the theater are open so you can see behind where there's some some just general sort of assorted theater stuff um, and and some some props have been scattered around the stage, and then uh, from there uh, it starts to pick up. Wherein um, uh, the dancers sort of start to stand up and shake their heads and and sort of find these moments of movement or or dialogue um, uh, in as they go and sort of find groupings and pairings and start to question verbally question a lot of the things we. Um, uh, the about art, or you know, um, there was a lot of shock in the things that were being said. It was quite, it was quite aggressive in the, in the the slogans that were being yeah, thrown out. Yeah, yeah. So there was these these moments when um, Ainsley Hilliard was sloganeering. Um, it felt like Donald Trump, but like just like just two steps mm-hmm. farther, like mm-hmm. not actually that far out of the realm of possibility. <laughs> oh, just like saying like the ugliest things. Yeah, you know, yeah. About just like, like gender and racism and and all right. sort all the all the awful things. Were, right. were said. <laughs> anything that if you're a liberal and like anything you hold like 
dear to your progressive heart uh, was probably just like made fun of. Just like Donald Trump would do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and she was wearing a suit too and kind of yeah, like yeah. acting a little puffed up as well. So. Yeah, yeah. And that piece mm-hmm. sort of recurred in interesting ways. And it got um, more sinister the it, second time well, around. Well, it got more abusive. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, so like you felt a little bit, yeah, you felt a little bit assaulted um, mm-hmm. because you were quite literally watching one of the dancers. Right. So, uh, not literally, but, you know, um, essentially be assaulted. Right. Alita so, went through, Alita and Nyquist also went through a lot of abuse, <laughs> it looked like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there was there was those and then, and then um, uh, yeah, there would be these sort of uh, moments of movement or grouping or, or dialogue. And to me, like, this was one of those pieces that felt like uh, as close to performance art as it does to contemporary dance, wherever mm-hmm. the line between those two is. Um, this one felt um, like it, it was sort of on that line a lot of the time. Yeah, and well, and you do feel that... Um it deliberately tried to engage the audience a lot more. Um, so the the uh, slogans and the speech and the text was directed straight out to the audience. There was a lot. The, the piece itself actually begins with the dancers all sort of collecting on one side, staring out at the audience and just very subtly starting to shake their heads. And it looks like, it, it kind of looks like they're looking out over, you know, say the end of the world or the apocalypse, the audience. <laughs> and um, just kind of saying, oh, you you, you poor, you poor sots. <laughs> but then like, but then that builds and they're just like, like shaking their head um, frantically, like in big groups. Yeah, like well, it becomes some, these... it becomes something completely different, mm-hmm. right? It, 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 it becomes so exaggerated that it looks um, almost ridiculous. Like they're all just sitting there shaking, shaking, shaking. Um, and then they'll break into, you know, something that has, um, that the, where they're trying to kind of like pull an idea out. As right. Point. And I guess what I, what I liked about, um, uh, this piece was that it's, I think it's, um, not easy, but it's, uh, very easy for, it's not easy, but it's easy, um, <laughs> for artists to sort of point out all the things about the world that's fucked and then sort of be like, well, goodbye, let's leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Um, you deal with this now. The onus is, the burden is now on you. Um, but, but this one didn't end like that in a way, sort of after, after showing us these sort of very exaggerated, um, moments of sort of like, uh, judgment and, and, um, like shocking sentiments and, Mm -hmm. and these, and like outlandish movement and behavior. Um, there's sort of a, like a partly improvised, like sex scene kind of, yeah, like in a, in a very ridiculous comical Mm -hmm. way. Um, uh, but at, at the end of all that, it sort of comes to a more, it turns it all on its head by saying like, having seen all that. We're going to be okay, <laughs> which I think was like a real um, crux point for me in it. Because, mm-hmm. again, it was like, okay, you can show us all these things mm-hmm. and then like walk away and leave the burden on us to, to figure out what to do with it. But to be like, hey, it's all right. It's going to be all right. Yeah. And throughout the entire piece, there was all like, so, you know, one or two of the dancers would kind of have a moment and they would be demonstrating something. And it's fun- what I found funny was that usually the rest of the time, the the remaining cast is sitting back and kind of looking unimpressed. Yeah, and that sort of. <laughs> or there was this really, um, there was this really interesting through line of when someone would finish whatever they were doing, like someone else would cover their face, yeah, like yeah. or their mouth, or they would do it themselves, mm-hmm. like either like being like told physically to shut up by someone else or doing it yourself, like 
So like having presented this then immediately bringing a lot of judgment into it was a really interesting. Yeah, there was thing. A, there was a lot of play between like judgment and and permission. Yeah. So like, you know, are you allowed to are you allowed to even like this? Are you allowed to get it? Mm-hmm. You know, like that was kind of I, I kind of felt like there there were those types of questions being asked. Sure. Um and the, the just the also the fact of like sitting back and being unimpressed, you know, every time that I sat back and felt unimpressed, I felt called out for it. Sure. Sure, yeah, you know, yeah. um, and as an audience member, you know, it's like it, it felt like an aggressive piece, but it was one that I watched um, with full interest the entire time. Oh, yeah. Like you, sure. you could not get bored at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, because it was constantly going and they were constantly sort of like upping the game um, by the end, you know, when uh, um, Kate Stashko and Allison Cos are uh, totally having laugh laugh attacks like a, like a like a drunken meltdown <laughs> drunken hyena meltdowns mm-hmm. they are laughing and shrieking and richard lee is trying to calm them down yeah um and and you know like have them sit and finally he goes into this monologue where he actually he speaks for maybe five or six minutes and doesn't say anything at all it's just right. cliche after cliche after like, you know <laughs> if you put it one way you know assessing all the options uh, what you can extrapolate is at its core like on and on and on and then sort of yeah get to this thing of like we'll be we'll be okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, and in the um in the talkback that we had on Thursday, um there was a question put out by an audience member to um Melanie Demers about that speech, about mm-hmm. how Richard's uh, monologue came about, and uh, she said that you know essentially the challenge was to speak for as long as you can without saying anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that happened, but at the very end, then it's just kind of like oh yeah okay, but you know. We're okay. Everyone here is okay. Except for maybe Alina. She didn't look okay. Yeah. Oh, everyone's wearing knee pads as well, and they needed them. Like, it was a, it was a very... Um, there weren't... Uh, there were sort of moments of movement. I wouldn't say a lot of it uh, involved huge amounts of movement, but when it was there, it was very extreme and, like, seemed very hard on the bodies that were moving. Yeah, it was... I'd say it was very physical, but it mm-hmm. wasn't really dancey. Um, mm-hmm. the, like, of course there's choreography and there are landmarks that they're hitting. Um, but the, the technique was not, you know, uh, really precise or, um, like there were, there was no synchronized movement or anything mm-hmm. like that. Everyone was just kind of, they had their characters and what they were supposed to do. And I think that, you know, every night the performance will probably be different. Right, so I yeah. saw it on Thursday. You saw it on right. Saturday. We saw, we saw different shows. <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah. I do mm-hmm. think that um, uh, particularly with, um, I know Ainsley Hilliard was also saying in the talkback that um, the piece that she does where essentially is a very extended, very big onstage orgasm, um, it has to be done differently every night. Otherwise, it becomes um, tough for the performer to find the, the, the authenticity in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I wonder if that's something when you're doing a, a piece that has a lot of um, judgment of the world at large in it. Like if you already know everything about that and you're on stage the whole time, like and the audience has seen you the whole time yeah if it's easy to just sort of like glaze over unless there's some element of looseness and and danger to it Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah I think also with this piece we're sort of noticing um, 
more of a well a movement for the good women in terms of like they're they're going more and more towards a very theatrical uh, mm-hmm. the presentation. Last, the last two convergences have both had sort of a, a large element of theater um, and and text in it, which mm-hmm. isn't something we see in a lot of uh, the dance that we see. Yeah, yeah, and it's well formed, and you know you come. It's not necessarily a linear narrative. No, no. Um, but yeah, there's there was an idea, and it was it was yeah. I I definitely do think that it was a uh, performance art, uh, like you were saying mm-hmm. for sure. There there, there's there's something happening, and it's yeah the the dance the the dancing parts. I I I like to see dance, you know. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. Um, they they seemed uh, sort of like backloaded into it. There was a lot sort of near the end where there was more um, pure movement or or mm-hmm. movement based sequences. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the front, it seemed more of these questions and exploratory ideas and verbalizations and, and scenes. Mm-hmm. One of the movement parts that I did really enjoy was between um, Richard Lee and Ainsley before she goes into her big, um, crazy, crazy orgasm The big scene. O. <laughs> the big O. Um, the, uh, uh, they're... They're playing this game essentially, where they're um, trying to be as close as they can to each other without actually touching, mm-hmm. um, and so it's it's sort of like a mating dance. Um, but they're and and then you know and, and they're the, both in heels at this point, like high heels. Yeah, like Richard Lambert's <laughs> put on high heels, and when, put on high and heels. And when they actually do end up touching each other, it's like oh fuck, oh sh-, you know, like they right, messed yeah, it up, yeah. right? Um, so uh, I thought you know focusing on just like the actual kind of movement and calling it out uh, when it goes wrong or when you know I thought I. I I thought that that was kind of a nice moment. Yeah, yeah. I felt like it had a good sense of um, control in that way. Like it was sort of like there were these things that were meant to sort of shock or provoke the audience. But even then they were done in a way that it wasn't like you weren't set to linger with them. It was this huge pile on that was sort of like, whoa, 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 (laughs) um, and kept going. Totally. All right. So I just called him Richard Lamb, which is a different person altogether. It's Richard Lee in this piece. (laughs) Hi, Richards. Hi, Richards. Yeah. Um, Okay. So, yeah. So that was uh, Convergence. It was the first of the Good Women's um, full season. Yeah. Um, Yeah. They're doing all sorts of stuff in the new year. So keep an eye out for them. Um, Yeah. And we're we're into December now, Paul. It's nutcracker season. (laughs) We've already missed the nutcracker. Yeah. We've already missed one nutcracker. Um, But there is another nutcracker coming up. Alberta Ballet's Nutcracker is in Edmonton at the Jubilee from December 10th to 13th. Mm-hmm. Great. And then uh, Clara's Dream, which is the uh, the Shumka dancers, the Ukrainian uh, dancers, uh, uh, show they've done before. This is sort of one of their, their calling card shows, um, which is... Uh, an interpretation of of that that legend and story. Yeah, um, it's so it's a Ukrainian folk ballet that uses Tchaikovsky's music, mm-hmm. the same Nutcracker music, um, but it tells it in more Ukrainian dance style. And uh, they are actually uh, collaborating with city ballet dancers on this oh, as well. Yeah, cool. so there will be two casts of dancers um, or two groups of dancers that are um, doing Clara's Dream. And what are the dates for that? They are December twenty uh, ninth and thirtieth at the Jubilee. Also at the Jubilee and. Yes, and so there's also another Subarctic Improv show coming up and on December 17th, and that's at Spacio Performativo. Um, right, which, as zero. the name implies, will involve a lot of improvised movement, improvisational yes. movement. Yes, um, and that's, yeah, so that's the Mile Zero space. So I think we're going to try and go check that out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's all for now, folks. Thanks for, thanks for listening. Bye. Go watch some dance.
I Don't Get It is a podcast produced by Pablino, Fonda Mithrush, and Andrew Paul. It was recorded in a blanket fort in the Tall House on Alberta Avenue in Edmonton, Alberta. Our website is idontgetitdance.com. You can follow us on Twitter at I Don't Get It Dance, and you can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Our theme song is Mountain Time by Ghibli. Follow his music and check him out at ghibli.bandcamp.com. Sit here,